I wanted to. I'm performing my dance quintet, you know, my cycle at Crane Jackson's Fountain Street Theater on Tuesday night. And uh, I'd love it if you came and gave me notes. I'll be there, man. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, tomorrow's already the 10th. Far out. Oh, oh, all right, okay. Just, uh, just slipped it right under my door. This is Gutterballs, the Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of the Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know when she said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in them. Commentary has found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup? And now, gutter balls. Andre. I don't know what else to say. I was searching for, like, a catchphrase that I could, like, introduce each episode with. Right. But then I never remember to, like, work on one. So then I just try to say something when it starts. Andre was the best I could come up with. I always liked copying Stanley and saying Excelsior. Yeah, usually say that at the end. Uh, but that's that's an end catchphrase. Yeah. And I, I've totally copied it from him. And I like that. Although I haven't said it recently. I think when we first started, I was saying that a bit. A bit. And I said it in some other podcasts I've done also from time to time. I like it, Excelsior. I like it, and too. And if you look up the definition, it says it's wood shavings. Which, you know... So go figure that one. Only appropriate. So Now, does Stan Lee use this as a sign-off somewhere? He does. Well, he always used it in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. So he would which, come on screen, he'd wander out into the movie and say, he, Excelsior. He would, he would have his... Um, he would be like the narrator for that. So this was the animated series from the early 80s, mm. which I just recently rediscovered on Netflix. I was going to ask if you'd started watching it again. Yes. Well, the kids are totally into superheroes, all the superhero mania right. that's been going on. That you know They're so into Avengers and everything, and Spider-Man as well. And so, you know, flipping through Netflix, like, oh, here's this Spider-Man show. This is what Dad watched when I was your age. Because that's always on. dicey, you know? You're going to put yeah. in, like, this really old thing that might, you know, you're kind of scared that they might think it's just stupid. Right. Well, I would totally, like, I totally expected it to be stupid. And I wouldn't, my feelings wouldn't be hurt if they thought it was right. stupid. I think generally, you know, and I think I've noticed it's not just with my kids, but with like other people's kids too. Like you go back to these old things and there's kind of some strange magic about it. That's really weird. They kind of appreciate. I totally 
agree with that. My wife and my daughter, I don't know why this happened. Last night, my wife was cruising around Netflix looking for something to watch with uh, my daughter, and it was like, oh, there's Gilligan's Island, the pilot, mind you, which is black and white. And you know how pilots are, like, they're a little off, you know, so it hadn't... So, right. You know, I love me some Gilligan's Island. But it hadn't hit its stride yet, whatever its stride is. I would say probably like a like a, uh, a skip. I would say Gilligan's Island stride is probably a skip. Right. Or maybe a slide, I'm not sure. Right. Probably like a skip slide, if they're like halfway between them. And my daughter loved it. Right. Well, think about us watching Gilligan's Island. Weren't we watching it like 20 years after it originally yeah, aired to I start guess so. with? I guess so. so but I mean, another 20. Another, at that point, what's another 20? Might right? as well be 1,000 years. Like we yeah, just talked about, right. you're just reading like hieroglyphs. Right. I mean, in essence, she's having a very similar experience than we had, which is watching this strange show out of time. But yeah, that, then that somehow makes it, it magical, works. like you said. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's otherworldly. Yeah. But this Spider-Man show is crazy. Like, the music, I don't have words for it. I don't remember this. I remember the live-action Spider-Man, which was effing crazy. I remember that. There was only, like, six episodes of that. It was very short-lived. This was an animated show Saturday mornings. It was Spider-Man. It was called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And his amazing friends were Iceman and Firestar. Seem to remember Iceman. I don't know this Firestar. Yeah, Iceman is actually a Marvel character. He's one of the X-Men. Firestar, they, I believe, they just made up for some reason. They're like, well, we have an Iceman. We need a Fire Woman to balance it out. Yeah, you got to have balance. Yeah. So, yeah, Firestar was, yeah, was a Fire Woman. The yin and the yang. Instead of calling her Fire Woman, was Firestar. And I believe they eventually, like, added her in some weird way, like, into the actual, like, comic books. Black and white. Afterwards. The blue and the gray. But, I, I, I'm just saying words because I don't know anything about superheroes. Right. You but have, anyway. You have me outclassed there. I can't compete. All I'll say is the show is a little insane. But enjoyably insane, apparently. I don't know. I don't know. The kids enjoy it way more than I do. I'm like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Hmm. Like Thundercat style or worse than that? Worse than that. Wow. Different. Yeah, and different. Probably worse. Wow. And there's a lot. Yeah, there's bizarre. There's just, I can't even, I don't know. Let's not even go there, I suppose. But at the end, Stan Lee, he would be like the narrator, you know, like he would give like the intro, like, you know, oh, I can, I can over the city, blah, 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 right. darkness falls, but the web slinger is swinging, you know, that kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Again, he would do that. And at the end, he would give his little, you know, epilogue speech. And at the end, he would say like, until next time, friends, Excelsior or something like that. He would always end with Excelsior. Hmm. And you got the sense that he's probably pretty tight with Spider-Man. Like they might hang out once in a while right, when they're exactly. not working. Yeah. Yes. So whatever he says is going to be Spider-Man endorsed, and hence pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool. You want to talk about the movie at all, or we sure? We can... let's let's get let's get there. Let's try it. We've warmed up. Just, We're ready. Just a little taste. We'll just a just a tiny Here taste. Here we are. Just a tiny drop under the tongue. Just a tiny 
taste of the dude's landlord. We have a minute of the dude's landlord. And again, this is another minute that just ends perfectly. At least on my copy, it does right at that second mark. Yeah, it's just it's like, a, just about. Yeah, it's almost as if they were. I don't know. What are the chances it's going to end just on that second or within? We'll, we'll even give it a leeway of two seconds. I don't think it's within two seconds. I think it's within a second. I'm just I'm just thinking it out here. So two seconds on either side. There's a four second window. Well, there's there's a one in fifteen chance then that. The ending of a scene's gonna hit within that window. Right. And if you think of how many scenes there are, some of them are gonna have to hit that. But not as many as we've seen. There's a lot more. They- it seems like yeah, it's happened this is the third time maybe it's happened so far. We're twenty two minutes in. Well twenty Yeah, twenty two. That's like yes, one out of seven. The, it's twice is- happening twice as many times as it should, basically. It's just more of the Coen Brothers magic. Maybe there's something about scheme. that's like it's it's timed somewhat to the natural cadence of our body clocks or something. We're you know programmed to think in sixty seconds in a minute. Boom! There's a minute. Sixty seconds in an hour. Boom! There's another unit of time. So maybe there's something about once in a while hitting a minute mark that feels good subconsciously don't know i've never really thought about it or noticed it before but they seem to be doing it whether intentionally or not who can say i've always wondered about whether or not like why is time so important no just like all right so i understand a day is like one Rotation of the Earth, mm-hmm. more or less. <laughs> right. But then, why then is it divided into twenty-four pieces? And why are those twenty-four pieces divided into sixty? It always seems somewhat arbitrary. Yet, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole world uses that system. I believe so because, like, financial institutions and you know, trading. Yeah. Mm, ding, ding, ding. The, I mean, yeah, was there a time if we went back several hundred years or millennia that like wasn't true? Well, definitely. Like in other continents, where they like saying, like, no, there's only there's you know fourteen units within a day, and we split each of those up into seventy five subdivisions. There's nothing special. We call it a right. There's nothing special about the twenty four unit segmenting of a day. My guess is there's probably something. I just don't know what it is. I could probably try to look it up. Same thing with base ten. Like we count right. everything on Why base the ten. Fuck, do we do that? And I guess you could say we have ten fingers, and that's why, because since we count on our fingers, and maybe that's why. But I mean, does every? And again, I don't know the answer, right? Does every culture in the world use base ten? Well, now do they? I think so. Well, now they, you know, with globalization, everything's become standardized in the last, even not even just in the last hundred years, but even the last probably couple hundred years, you know. But the Mayans, colonialism brought that. Did the I don't know. Mayans use a base ten numbering system? I have no idea. That's a good question. They, they do not have. Well, well, they did not have the number zero. So I know that. Yeah. Or maybe that's just a legend. Actually, I'm saying this, but I'm realizing there is something to it. To what? To the opposite of what I'm saying. Yeah. 
that I did actually read somewhere about how it's important to have 24 like, like units. If you talk about these, like, you know how there's like um, uncontacted people? In essence, there's people like running around like the rainforest. Well, like yeah. They were right. 35,000 years ago. Like, they have no idea that like a world exists. Right, right. Just wrap your head around that first. I love it. I love that so much. You could and, you could go to a place and be like uh, Bruce Campbell in Army of Darkness with his boomstick. You know, there's a place you could go and you just bring your iPhone. You know, and you turn it just, on once, and then you'd just imagine, be a god. Just imagine how strange it would be to be that person in that you know, on the other side of that. Right, blindfold them, stick a bag over their head, fly them to the middle of you know, New York City and drop them off and take the bag off their head. Here you go. Good luck. Yeah, but there was something I can't remember what it is. I'd have to look it up. But there was something about how these Yeah, it was uh, Crocodile Dundee, but that's a little different. Yeah, he was yeah. you know. <laughs> what was that? You know. He comes He's from the outback and gets dropped off okay. in the middle of New York City. Okay. Same thing, right? As a person who'd never been aware of the rest of the world. Right. Pretty much about, the same. How uh, about The Gods Must Be Crazy? Yeah, there's that too with the Why Coke are bottle. so many of those scenes fast? Did we talk about that already? No, no, but it's... You know what I'm talking about? I do, they just... Like, why does the film speed vary throughout the entire film? I couldn't... When I first saw that, I had no idea... I thought I was watching a National Geographic special for half of the movie. I seriously did. I had no idea. Not even half the movie. Towards the very end, I started to figure out, like, this is not a documentary. This is a movie. It's bizarre. It's, and yeah, and they're fast motion. What are you doing? Do you like that movie? I have not seen it. Since I was like in grade school, that's I saw it the one time. I remember it being on TV a lot, like back back in the day, and I didn't understand it then. It was again talk about so this was like that same Gilligan's Island effect in a way, and like wow, this is just kind of strange, like from a world I can't fully understand. You'll never but, be able to understand it, but it was like the reverse effect. It just made me kind of nauseous and uncertain of reality to a point that yeah. made me uncomfortable i really didn't like it yeah it was no like sit right back and you hear a tale of a three-hour tour mm -mm. like that would be not okay you know i want to sit right back and hear a tale yes do i want to watch like people fall down but when they do the film is sped up and then i don't know yeah strange well and plus just even philosophically like this coke bottle falls from the sky and starts it like destroys their community like it's just philosophically it leaves a bad feeling inside you too maybe not because it does fine all work out but i don't know it's just kind of like it's kind of an ugly an ugly feeling but maybe that's because i was like four when i saw it something like that mm -hmm. and that kind of thing affects you more i don't know i remember being like ugh. The liquor bottles move. They move? This is a bit of a revisit, but why not? Okay. We see the dude pour his drink. And then later we're treated to a really long shot 
of him just kind of looking at his rug and dancing around after Marty leaves. Right, doing some Tai Chi. It's almost half the movie. Or half the minute, I mean. Marty. Marty. Hey, Marty. Sounds like he's saying Marty, doesn't it? Yeah, he kind of like it comes out a little weird. But I just figured he was kind of slurring his words or something. Yeah, that's what I just assume. So you're saying from last minute, the liquor bottles are in a certain position. And then later on in this minute, when we cut back, when it cuts back to the interior of the dude's home, the liquor bottles are in different positions. And you are exactly right. So at 2045, you can see he's pretty consistent with where he puts his bottles. Mm -hmm. He's got the two bottles of Kahlua on either side one way, and then the two bottles of Smirnoff in the middle the other way, so they form, if you looked at them from above, it would form almost like a cross. Yes. So Kahlua bottles side by side, but between them, front to back, Smirnoff bottles. Right. And he takes his glass, goes to the door. We see him when he turns back, and the liquor bottles are moved. Yep, the Kahlua bottle is like out front. It's like he made a white Russian, but didn't put the bottles back this time. Right. And what's great is I didn't even have to go back to last minute to check. I just had to go to this minute because I knew. Yeah, you knew what they were like. last minute's in-depth analysis, <laughs> I knew exactly where they were. I knew. I just knew it like the back of my hand. Yep. And it's so like, while yeah. we're on this part of this minute, we're kind of jumping like 40, some 40 seconds or so ahead but into this minute. It's but never it's been chronological. Start. Now, come on. No, never has been. Like right here, there's just so much to look at. If you really want to freeze frame it, it's a treat. Wide angle shot of his whole apartment. And I think this was on purpose. Living room, at least, because this really gives you a sense of the dude. Because you're able to, you're in his inner sanctum now. The rug is right there, and you just Mm -hmm. get to see all the trinkets, all the things that he thinks are important. How he lives. There's a bowling ball on the shelf back there. Yep, underneath the fan. Some little drums on his desk. Yeah, he had some bongo drums, which mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't picture the dude being a bongo drummer. But he, he's used, he uses that in another scene, right? Or am I just imagining mm, I think you're imagining the sequel where he's like a beach bum version of himself and he just p- plays in little drum circles all There's day. There's not a part where he's like, he has the drums in his lap, he's kind of like... Or like security or just kind of like they're just in there you're thinking about the scene with the two cops when he's talking I think about i am i don't know and what's about in his that. does he have the bongos in his lap in that scene i don't think so does he yeah i have no idea um he doesn't i just looked at it i cheated i went ahead he's got the mobile telephone in his lap right the mobile telephone but we can see the ashtray on his coffee table, and that's, again, I didn't even have to jump forward. I just know the ashtray from that scene, because the one cop is fondling his bowling ball-shaped smoking pipe, which is in his ashtray, and it's still in his ashtray in this scene. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And he has this little, like, full, I don't know, maybe it's not a full, I guess it's not a fold-out, but he has, yeah, he has this dining, this table little kind of like dining table that has like a open pizza box and a some styrofoam like takeout container on it probably been sitting there for days or weeks right right 
Probably Chinese food right there, right? Probably some general thaus. To thaus. Well, there is um, also like a next to his little, like in the lower left corner by the coffee table that has the pipe, there's the little couch futon thing there. And on, right. on the side table there, there is a, like a carton, an empty carton of Chinese food. Or well, re- empty Chinese food carton, I should say. I don't think there's right. any food in it. Just sitting there, like, toppled over. It smacks of emptiness. Yes. I wish I could read what those books were, because the one, the white book with, like, the red bar across the cover yes. looks very familiar to me. Well, when I first saw that for a split second, maybe for more than a split second, I was like, wait. Because to me, with the red text and the like, kind of thing on it, it, it to me it reminded me of those like O'Reilly tech books that always have like a, mm-hmm. you know, a like lo- black and white detailed line drawing of like an animal, right? And you it's, know, like exploring pearl, but know, it's PHP also in a nutshell the same size as those books too. Like it's yeah, not novel size, right? And at first, I was like, "That's crazy for him to have an O'Reilly tech book." And is that even like did those even exist in 1991? Hell no. But, so I did pay attention to that and look closer at it. And it is some type of, like, bowling journal. Oh. The red is the word bowling. You can read that? I can read that. And I actually, I think I was able to read the the top word at the time. It's I'm not so sure I can anymore. But it says, the, the, the top word in black is something, and it says bowling... And then underneath it, it's a picture of, like, a strike. Like, bowling pins in mid being knocked down as a bowling ball is hitting them. It's like the Journal of Bowling or something like that. That is incredible that you can see that. You are freaking me out with that. I can't read any of that. I wish I could read the word up top. It's probably, like, Zen and Bowling or something. Yeah, something. That's what, yeah. And he's got his, I think he's naked except for his robe and his sneakers. I think so too. Well, we talked, well, I think last time about that, like, or maybe we talked about how it's a, you know, obviously a post bath. He post likes bath. his baths. Right. Yeah. This is definitely like, he just got out of the bathtub and put on the robe. This isn't a. But we know he has sneakers on now. I don't, I'm not sure if we knew that before. Oh, maybe we did. I think we did. Oh we, yeah, we, we did. We, Cause we came flying down over the carpet. That's right. We, we contemplated them. A little bit last time, I think. Briefly. It's true. Yeah. yeah we, his walls we, are filthy. Goes with the filthy floor. It's a dingy place, but it suits his purpose. His landlord's looking for the rent. Dude's a little, uh, little late on the rent. It's the ninth. Already the ninth. Presumably, rent is due on the first of the month. I think that's what's implied here. So the dude is eight days late on his rent. There was a link from one of my friends on Facebook today, which was 20 crazy facts about the Big Lebowski or something. Yes. Did you see this? I did see this on BuzzFeed. We knew most of them, almost all of them already, independently of this. Yeah, what really um, 
Yeah, I felt pretty excited to look at this. And now there were some things here that were interesting, at least one that was kind of mind-blowing. But a lot of them were like, through our deep study and deep penetration of this film, like we noticed and come to these same conclusions. Right. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. So the one that I had just no clue about that pretty interesting to me at least in an early draft of the script the dude was supposed to be some kind of heir to like the Rubik's Cube fortune and that's how he's able to live this uh, carefree lifestyle Right. but then they cut that from the script just so Although, we wouldn't know again I would say what's the source of that info like it so BuzzFeed credits IMDb and IMDb on its trivia page. It states that. Right. But again, with no attribution. Like, did Joel Cohen say Joel Cohen say that in a interview? Like, where does that come? Yeah. But they get it from Wikipedia, who got it from BuzzFeed. Wouldn't the heir to the inventor of the Rubik's Cube have more money than the dude? I mean, I don't really know. Just, it's just enough, I guess, to keep him from becoming homeless. You know... Because really, why isn't the dude homeless? And we've conjectured about this. I mean, I don't know. We have. Where does he get his money? So maybe, like you said, the... Welfare. It's the welfare state, right? Maybe welfare state. Unemployment. But, I don't know. But if you... Put, Social security disability. He's been living off of Rubik's income for... How old is he? Mid-40s, would you say, in this movie? Right. So he's supposed to be 45. So he's probably been living off that since he left the house. Who knows? Graduated college. 22. 18 years. Already. No. Jesus. 23 years. How much money does the Rubik's fortune give you? Do you get a monthly allotment? A yearly allotment? What does it pay? A 200k a year? 500k a year? I mean, more than that? He's probably just one of many heirs, right? You have to do the math, though. What I'm saying right. is you have to do the math. This is your only income. Sales must decline. You know? It's not like 1981 where just holding a thing in your hands and twisting it around is going to be entertainment for people like it used to be. I don't know. There's iPads. There's iPhones. There's gaming yeah, systems. Yeah, the Rubik's Cube, it's still sold today. I know it is sold today. I think it's still a novelty to this day but, to a whole new generation. But I don't think it's sold like it did in 1981 or 82 or whatever. Quite possibly. All I'm yeah. saying is the dude probably knew this. He has his accountant. He's got to talk to his accountant. And he probably planned out how much money he would need and like how much he could spend knowing that this decline would take place. Right, he's just living on the interest, he, which is a roughly twenty-five grand a year. Right, it's twenty-five grand a year. Exactly. He doesn't want to dip into the, the to the uh, you know the endowment, which is why he was serious when he said that you know this extra twenty-five k or whatever he was going to get might bump him up into a different tax bracket. Yes, so it probably would have. Which it's funny. We think it's funny because he's saying he basically makes, you know, zero dollars a year or like five hundred dollars a year. 
and now he's going to add 25,000. Yeah, that might bump you up into a different tax bracket. But he's probably, right. but he might, maybe he's serious. Like it, doubling your income will actually bump you from one to the other, but not like $5 to 25,000. I don't know. But like you said, it's sourceless. There's no uh, attribution, so hard but to get. But some of the other much. things on this list, you know, we've we've gone over, like uh, Walter being inspired inspired by John Milius. Right. The, uh, the dude has never shown bowling in the movie. Right. That was totally independent. Yeah. Amy Mann has a cameo in the film. Because the like the Milius and the Amy Mann thing, well, you can you know enough googling about the Big Lebowski. You'll find that stuff. Right. But I hadn't seen, like, I've seen references to Amy Mann being in it. And, you know, I've seen, now that I knew about Milius, I've seen that in multiple places. But I'd never seen this thing about the dude never actually being shown bowling in the movie, except for here. None of Donnie's bowling shirts bear his actual name. We talked about that shit. And we've noticed several of his shirts. We've analyzed the writing on them. Mm -hmm. The 9-11 conspiracy... This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. That was That's rather well known. Yep. There's even a reference to the jelly sandals in here. So I didn't yeah, see that one. We got it covered. I didn't see the je- oh because of his the wardrobe. Last one says the dude's wardrobe. It was mostly uh, Jeff Bridges' closet, including That's right. the fab jelly sandals. The one thing here that I kind of wish I did not see here. Because when we got to it, I believe we would notice, and it would really blow our minds. The license plate is blown out ahead of time. The license plate. Jackie Treehorn's thugs. Oh, I had seen that one other place. And the second time we see them, they've switched shirts. They've switched shirts. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was was trying to decide if I should even mention it because I thought maybe we just just save that tidbit for just like, save you know, it like for episode 102 or whatever but but you know maybe you wouldn't have seen it and i was going to be curious to see if you would uh parse that out yeah i think i think we, we may parsed, have i think we would have part found that but it's pretty cool it's very cool i love it i really love it um you know it's probably just a bizarre wardrobe mistake Maybe. I yeah, I I don't think not. so. And it's because the Cohen brothers are so meticulous. And this is I'm starting to realize more and more that the reason I point out things like the liquor bottles being moved around and in a different place, even though all I did was walk to the door and then come back, is the Cohen brothers are known for being so meticulous. And even even with that level of dedication and hyper-focusing on all the details, you will still miss stupid continuity stuff like that. It's a testament to how difficult it is to create this reality. And consistently enough that the audience isn't just totally thrown off by like, what the? That wasn't... But we, you know, you don't notice the stupid liquor bottles unless you're scrutinizing every frame. It's very difficult to create this stuff. I thought you were going to say the license plate, by the way. That's nice, too. That's pretty nice. 
We'll save that one. We'll save that. We don't have to talk about it. We'll put that in the pocket. So we have something to at least talk about when we get to that. <laughs> Which will be in like 2018. Right. So we have about nine minutes left. Right. We're, we're about ready to wrap it up. Um, the dude's playing his music on his turntable. That later gets smashed by the nihilists. Yeah, you can see like a light on the turntable. Which like I assume that's blinking. the turntable. Yeah, unless it's the answering machine. In my cop, and it's kind of dark, but I think it's the turntable. That's a good point, though. It's blinking. Well, a turntable could blink for some reason. Could. Nope, the turntable's next to it. Look, there's a there's a vinyl on it, and you can see oh, the scent. You're right. Damn it! So that you're right. That is the answering machine. It's the answering machine. It says one big butt answering machine. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one before right. they had that stuff. Miniaturized. And plus, he'd have a ten year old one if he did have one anyway. In fact, it's pretty fancy for him to have an answering machine, probably. Yeah. But so the turntable's not spinning. How's he listening to this music? Maybe he's got a 8-track or a cassette player? He doesn't have a CD player in this joint. I'm waiting. Yeah. Good point. I think it's a... Well, I would call that a continuity error. I don't know. It's even beyond continuity. I don't know what you call that. A disreality infraction. Right. Or, I mean, is the music... Are we sure the music is diagenic here? It is. There was another thing I was looking up, and I want to say every time we hear music in this film, it is at least at some point diegetic. Right. But I'd like I, to keep my eye, my ears, my ears open for that. I mean, I think I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. That this is supposed to be. Because, I mean, it, the music just has a certain quality to it. It changes, too. When he's inside, when he go outside, it changes. So it gets louder, it has that different quality. It's more muffled when we're outside. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yep, that's the telltale sign. Yeah, it's definitely diegetic. Yeah, it's definitely supposed to be. But his turntable is not spinning. So may, perhaps he has a radio on? Could be. Some crazies listening to that same crazy station. Right. That plays God knows what. Esquivel and friggin' GI repetitive chant rock. And, uh, B farts. And B. And B farts. Yep. So, M Marty. Something I want to say about him. Say something. This is just something that I've that I've just always noticed, for some reason, whenever I think of this landlord character, as he turns away from the dude, I mean, looking at it more closely now, it's because his, like, foot is up on the step or something. Mm -hmm. But there's something about as he walks away, it's like he, like, points his buttocks out, like, kind of, like, outward and to the back. toward the dude. <laughs> as if, like, waving them at him as he moves away. Yeah, it's a, I, he's, there's some, there's you know, something about that. I just that always just was always like that's a weird maneuver, weird posture. It's because he's bending at the waist. He's bending forward at the waist as he walks. Yeah, 
But why? Why? You know why? Because he's been beaten down and browbeaten his whole life by society. Yeah. Everyone in society. So he kind of walks hunched over, like, protecting his vital organs from further right. abuse. Yeah. And Marty... So is his name Marty? Well, that's the weird thing. I think his name is Marty. I looked at the credits. It said, Dude's Landlord. So that didn't help me. But okay. at... Get this. If you go to thebiglebowski.wikia.com, they say his name is Alan. Alan? I think they're just wrong. Where would they get Alan? I mean, I guess it's something to... I guess it's just something to... The only other time we see him is when he performs his dance quintet. His cycle. Yes. And they don't well, speak to him. He's not introduced. Is there a sign, maybe, like Alan so-and-so performing his dance quintet? Could be. Again, it's just something to to look up, I suppose. But I just think the Lebowski Wikia is just wrong. I think it is, too. Although, Rotten Tomatoes has a Big Lebowski quiz. Yeah. And question 15 is, what is the name of the dude's landlord? Are you taking this quiz right now? Oh, I just went there. And. Well, they're just referencing the Big Lebowski Wikia when they put this together. You know, it's more like closed system resources. Although one of the answers is Monty. Hey, Monty. Well, that's what I I put this in our document. Hey, Monty. Monty. So it has both Alan and Monty as choices. Which one is, is correct? Imani, it's According you know what to... Monty, I'll bet you. That's why it's slurred. Saying Monty is too slurred to be Marty. It's Mar, Ma. But saying Monty, that's Monty. You can slur the T, you know, and smooth over the T real easily. Right. I bet you it's Monty. But Alan, I don't know where Alan comes from. Alan. And he's so nervous talking to the dude, like. He's nervous to ask him to come to his dance quintet. He's nervous to ask for the rent. Poor fella. Monty, or Marty, or Alan, whichever his name is. Monty. I mean, I like to think that this is just, you know, again, the dude, he has all these colorful characters woven into his life. It's the whole point of the movie, is just to see him interact with these characters. Right, and Marty is one of them. I mean, the movie doesn't really focus on Marty. He's just in a couple scenes. But, you know, I like to think just as easily, you know, there's like, you know, a Lebowski extended universe where it's like the adventures of, you know, uh, the the dude and Marty. Sure. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. I don't know what kind of hijinks they'd get into, but. Have some problem. I mean. You can't imagine those two going out and not getting into some kind of problem after all. Exactly. The dude would be like Marty's Walter. Right. Right. I feel like that is how it would play out. Yeah, the dude's the more hot-headed, like, bombastic one of the two. Right. And Monty's just sort of inside, reserved. 
nervous right. about interacting with the world. Yeah. And just has, no, yeah, and like his world, the dude's world is just so bizarre to him. Right. And dude's always rushing headlong into these insane situations. And Marty's like, oh, why? But he follows along. Kicking and screaming. So speaking of the turntable and the nihilist, though, just for a second, going back to that. Rivers Phoenix. I had a moment where my mind was blown because he's related to Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. And that truly did sever some of my reality cords, but did you know that Rivers Phoenix was great friends with Flea? I did not know that. Who's in this movie as a nihilist? We haven't seen him yet, I but knew, I... I knew Flea is in this movie, as well as Back to the Future Part 2. Yes. Needles, in that case. Uh, he's also in Back to the Future 3, I believe. The end. But, anyway... Yeah. The end could be. Yeah, they come yes, back to right. 85 and they go in that little drag race thing, but he yeah. stops and he was going to hit the car or whatever. He um, changes it. He changes it. What does it mean? The future's not written. Shut up. I hate this movie now. Anyway, it's fine. I don't hate Back to the Future 3, okay? I still like it. I just don't like it as much as even Back to the Future 2. I just don't. It's not as good. I have not watched any of those recently. I have. But I can't really comment. You should re in, you know introduce them to your offspring. They should I watch it. I'll try. Okay. They they so talk about things. You know the magic or whatever. Back. Try as I might, I cannot get them to watch the Star Wars movies. What? I get hounded all the time to watch that, and I still haven't done it. Do you want to know why? Because why I refused to have her watch them the first time with Lucas's bastardized shit in there. Right. You know? Greedo shooting first and all that bullshit. I just won't do it. So therefore, I'm relegated to grabbing out the VHS copies that I have for three, you know, VHS bullshit. Right. But I don't have a functional VCR. It broke. What am I supposed to do? And you can't even buy them anymore. No. Oh, you can't go down to the local Kmart. Negative. So what, you know, I have to, are you telling me I have to buy a VCR now? Is this what's going to happen? I got to buy a VCR so that my daughter can watch the original Star Wars movies? What kind of world am I living in? So, you see, so, so she wants to watch them but has not seen them. We, before the, v, the VCR broke, we watched Star Wars. A New Hope. Okay, fine. Okay. Star Wars. Yes. But that was like four years ago now. So it's like, then she was six then. It's like she didn't watch it. It's like she's never seen it, basically, at this point. Right. See, so my kids pulled the same thing. They say they want to watch it. Mm -hmm. 
but we can't get more than 20 minutes through and then they're just like oh what what is this like they just lose interest is it not like flashy enough or i i guess i don't know i mean they are very finicky sometimes and Mm. maybe it's just every time we've tried it it's just not the right night now my one son is very much into star wars but all he knows of star wars don't say it the show no is lego star wars the video game (laughs) like to him that's star wars this is some weird goofy movie it's like, why aren't these people Legos? Like, I don't want to watch this. So not even, like, Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Legos Star Wars video right. game. Right. Which is a good game. It's a very good game. I don't doubt it. I ain't arguing that with you. But it's a bizarre path to this thing, right? That is very bizarre. It's just a different world. For these kids nowadays. That's crazy, man. I want to talk. We're we're pretty much out of time here, but I want to quickly mention audio. They put a lot of glass clinks of the cubes hitting the dude's glass throughout the scene, which is nice to remind him he's sucking on his drink. He gets it all caught up in his mustache and sucks it off. <laughs> but he... He gets it all, pretty much. But then when we cut back to him, there's a dot of half and half on his lower lip that remains there through the rest of the scene. It wasn't there, and then it's there. And I suppose he could have, like, dribbled some out of his mouth or something. And this would be at uh, just, like, 2120, I guess. Right. Well, could it have been while they cut away, he took another sip or something? I guess you'd hear the clinks. Right, they're being so insistent about these clinks that... Yeah, so he's... Yep. So it's there, he 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 cleans his mustache off, and now there's a piece there. Now Could the a piece, piece have come from his mustache somehow? Maybe, maybe. You I'll know. admit, we're stretching to find excuses. It really is just, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's some, it's a continuity error. They're like, okay, now you've been drinking this, so we're going to... Dribble a little bit on there. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not a big deal. I just wanted to mention it. Yes. And, I, um... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to mention he does some Tai Chi. Yeah, does a little Tai Chi. Hooks it. Hooks in That's with an, the... It's another interesting aspect to the dude. Zen you know? thing. Yeah, tied into the Eastern philosophy. Which, I saw an interview with Jeff Bridges where he said they didn't discuss Zen or anything like that at all during the entire filming of this movie. But maybe he forgot. Well, that's just because truth is truth, you know? Like, this movie just taps into some level of universal truth. You know, as does... I'll give you that. You know, a, a Buddhist philosophy as well. They're both just coming at the truth. They're arriving at completely different paths, maybe. But truth is truth. I'll I'll give you that. I'll I find myself standing on one leg and pointing my arms different directions sometimes. Without a doubt, I think you, know, you could travel. Something you do. You know, we can find some aliens somewhere. They might have the same thing. They might. 
Because again, if truth is truth, then it's truth on this planet and any other. Right. And I'm not just talking about, okay, Tai Chi is one thing, right? Maybe it's just maybe a happy coincidence. Who knows? Maybe Jeff Bridges ad-libbed that in. I don't know how that got into the film. But, again, the whole movie, again, has this, you know, kind of Buddhist, Dudist connection. Yeah. At least people try to make that. Well, he even says, is that some kind of Eastern thing? Far from it, to the stranger. Right. I mean, that's not quite a direct, but it's close. It's not an Eastern thing, it's a Western thing. I mean, that's that's philosophy. That's, right, and again, it sounds it's a Western thing, but it sounds like an Eastern thing. But really, those the East and both. West aren't so different. No, it's truth. It's truth, truth, it's truth. Right. Preach it, truth. So right. part of part of why he's such in such a mellow mood right now is number one, he probably did a J. Number two, he's drinking a little bit. Number three, he's got chilled out tunes on his radio or his cassette player or whatever. Yeah, we just got done de-stressing in the bathtub. Yeah, just got done de-stressing. Um, now, the only thing harsh in his buzz is that the answering machine is still going off this whole time. The guy from the league office is just blah, blah, blah. The right. whole time he's talking he to Monty. Yeah, it has that whole conversation with Monty, and then it's still yeah, the going. This guy is still going. Which two things about that? He's not really that pissed. <laughs> Walter took out a gun and threatened somebody's life. Right. Like it's not even it's this. Now this is no, a serious a, infraction. Yeah, it's a matter of business. You know what I mean? You you. That's going to scare customers away. So you can't be doing that. So we're going to discuss this sternly. And I'm going to point my finger at you. And you're going to promise not to do that again. Well, and he said, you know, if true, right? He's not. That's oh, the alleged. He's gonna. He's not going to, yeah, jump to any assumptions. True. But anyways, yeah. We're not, he's going to play this by the book. Blabbing his ear off about it. Like, Really giving him some words to think about. And as you know, bylaw seventeen point eight clearly states. Yeah, I wonder what he is saying. I, I was some kind of audio, audio enhance enhancement to like enhance enhance. I was listening. I could hear a little bit of it, and uh, you can't hear all of it. Did you catch who this message is from? Um. I did pay attention to the name. I can't remember it. Bud Selnick? Mr. Zablotnik? I don't know. What was the name? His name is Robert Paulson. No, his name is not Robert Paulson. His name is Mel Zelnicker. Mel Zelnicker. Right, right. He doesn't do shit. Right? Am I right? Who's Mel Zelnicker? So Mel Zelnicker is the re-recording mixer for this, not for this, for 
Raising Arizona and Blood Simple. Interesting. But for no other of their movies after that. Not this one. Once I saw that he was on IMDb, I'm like, ah, he's a crew member for this movie. No. <clears throat> he was a crew member for the Coens like 12 years before this right. movie was shot. Right. And then 14 years. Like over a decade ago, and they had one of the characters in their well, movie named after him. Right. Well, the dude helped them finance Blood Simple or helped them distribute it or whatever. The real life dude. Jeff Dowd. Jeff Dowd, yes. So again, this whole thing is some weird inside joke or something with all of the, the people. It's just weird that because they're very loyal to their people. They didn't hire him again. He must have fucked up pretty badly. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, something, something happened there. So, I leave you, we can, I promise, this is, this is it now. I leave you with this. Mel Zelniker won, according to IMDb, has won one award for his work as re-recording mixer in his career. This was in... Oh, I'm sorry, he didn't win it. He was nominated. Okay. This was in 1988. It was for a daytime Emmy for Outstanding Film Sound Mixing for the show 321 Contact. All right. That's not even the craziest thing. The craziest thing is... A friend of mine was also nominated for that award as the production mixer. He was part of the five-man team that was nominated for this award. For that award in that year? Correct. With so Mel Zelnicker. was part of the team of Mel Zelnicker. Yes. For the he sh- knows Mel Zelnicker. Correct. We're- from the South California Bowling League. You got it. That's... Bizarre. Imagine my that's, astoundment. That's hurting my head right now. I'm, as soon as we're, because I just, I was slacking, and I just, that's why I was late, because I was digging through this particular rabbit hole, only to find that, and then I hit call to you, and I didn't mention it till now. Oh, Wow. That's like, you're right. I practically am the Coen brothers at, at this, this point. point. You are, yeah. You just have... What is that? One degree or two degrees of separation from Lebowski, the movie. Since Mel Zalnicker is mentioned in the movie. I guess it's two. Right? Because one degree, it would just... I worked on it. Is there is there zero degrees? Yeah, zero degrees would be you would be the guy on the team. So you have one degree of separation from the Big Lebowski now. You you are my superior in every way. It's two though, isn't it? Because I know a guy that knows a guy. I don't know the guy. No, you know a guy that knows Mel Zelniker, and Mel Zelniker is the target. 
Oh, so Mel Zelniker's the target? I thought the Big Lebowski was the target. Well, I guess I see what you mean. I get, well, but Mel that's Zelniker is in the Big Lebowski, so what's the... That's true. At least his name is. His Mel name Zelniker. Is. And, yeah. He's a character. In fact, I wonder if in the credits, they credit Mel Zelniker and give a name for who that was. Probably not. It's just voice. The other people who were actually appearing in the film, like the bit players, probably would have been pissed. It's probably in their contract, their union right. thing, like no audio-only people get a credit at the end. Yeah, I don't see it. Well, I mean, it could be... It'll be credited as just like voice on answering machine or something like that. I might not even say... It probably wouldn't say Mel Zelniker. Yeah, it's just, uh... No, man. Because he wouldn't get billing over the stranger. No. Well, who knows? Do you think it was actually Mel Zelniker? You know what? They were like, hey, Mel, we're making this movie about Jeff Dowd. You should, like, record this audio for it. You know what I'm gonna say to you? I'll find out for you. All right. Because I can. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? We're going to find out. Uh, that's, seriously, I'm done. Check that out. All right. I got nothing else. Let's do it. We touched on a couple things from the, the, the film. Here we and there. touched on a couple other things. Mm-hmm. As is our want. We, you know, things just, they, they just are, right? Hey, we had the Mel Zelniker situation. You get the podcast you need, not necessarily the podcast you want. Right. And, you know, you must come to the podcast, not the other way around. It's kind of like uh, Stereo yes. Lab. Right. You must go to the Stereo Lab. So, you don't have to go to the Stereo Lab. You could always go to the... The Bahamas? Boop deck! <laughs> I, I always get you with that one. You do. I didn't know it was coming. I know, I worked it in there real I smooth. I didn't know that like, was it. It was real smooth, I thought. It was crafty. Well, unless you got something else... I haven't no. actually put together any of those packages I talk about all the time. Of course yeah. not. I, I don't think I really have anything else. I mean, it's it's a solid minute. Yep. You know, we can sum up Marty, downtrodden, beaten little man, another crazy dude, one of dude's characters in his life. Adding to the texture of his life adventure. Yep. Dude's laid on his rent, drinking some... White Russian getting in his beard. Later goes in. Does some Tai Chi. Oh, well, we didn't mention Brant at all. That's true. We should probably mention Brant. He deserves He's, a mention. He is, because Brant is just so delightful. So, yes, after Mel Zelniker is done, Brant is on the machine. Uncomfortable. In his, in his very Brant voice. I hope you're not 
I hope you're not avoiding this call because of the rug, which I assure you, it is not a problem. <laughs> which, you know, it is a problem. They're probably pissed at him for it. And Maud is pissed. Well, Maud is pissed. But, you know, the titular Lebowski and Maud do not sync up too much. They do not see eye to eye. Right, but the titular Lebowski was probably telling Brant, don't tell him it's a problem. It's not a problem. Right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Well, it might not even... I don't know. I'm not convinced they think it's a problem. But Maud does. Now, whether yes. or not they see eye to eye, Maud's running that household. So, it is a problem, but they're is not going to tell the dude. Is running that household? Probably. I mean, on some level. Because it involves a lot of money. Right. If yeah. she, she's paying the mortgage, right? So she's running that household. They can't let the titular Lebowski be in charge of that kind of thing. He just mucks it up. Yes. Mr. Lebowski at, um, well, well, for Mr. Lebowski. Huh. Brant. I, I don't know what to say about him. He's being, he's, he's being, being Brant. Brant. He's Brantesque. How he starts by introducing himself in the message, like saying, this is Brandt, or, you know, and goes on his spiel. And at the end, he says, so do call back. This is Brandt. Right, this is Brandt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the, uh, you know, the introduction sandwich. That's good phone etiquette, especially in 1991, right. was to introduce yourself. And then right. some people still do this on their voicemail. Here is my name. Won't you please leave your name, then leave your contact information, a brief message, and they give all the instructions for how to give right. a message that is going to be good for them to use, going to be useful to them. All right. Let me educate you. Here is your first so lesson. presumptuous. <laughs> now we've offended, you know, the 42% of the population that has that on their right. voicemail, but whatever. And then, but that's yeah. part of his etiquette, how he was trained to use the right. telephone. You give your right. name, state the reason you're calling, and give your name again. Right. And part of it is also, you know, um, you know, you always leave your number twice because mm -hmm. it makes it easy for the person trying to write it down. Or three times. You know? Yeah. I've never heard three times, but that might, would probably be even more helpful. That's more for commercials. Like, Right. Really obnoxious commercials. Right. Call us at Mattress World. 702-957-8686. Again, 702-957-8686. 702-957-8686. Again, that number was... I won't do it again. But I bet you... Oh, four times. We could innovate that shit. Four times. Crush the competition. Yeah, man. It's an arms race. Wow. It's called Escalation, Holmes. All right. Now I'm done. Now you're done. You just need a little another tiny little taste. Well, all right. All right, then. Well, good night, Adam. Good night, Brad. Um, I'm Adam. And I'm Brad. We'll see you on the poop deck. Poop! Next time on Gutterball. 
We've had some terrible news. Mr. Lebowski's in seclusion in the West Wing.